Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. It's different for everyone. One thing is certain. Every day there's an opportunity for a win. Just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Everyday grab-and-go. Everyday giftable. Everyday fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification. Like the new Virginia Lottery Scratcher High Roller Blackjack with a chance to win up to 10 times your prize. Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to a retailer near you. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 4.16. All right, so today is a little bit different. It's not just Big Show time. It's our first and maybe our last. I don't know, but it's a combo Andrew Brandt Big Show Wednesday Ross Tucker football podcast and the business of sports featuring Andrew Brandt. The simulcast basically because... Andrew Brandt was going to do rants this week, and we both have crazy schedules. He's in Miami teaching a class. I've got a bunch of games and stuff. So we're going to go a little bit longer than we normally go with Andrew, and it's going to be the same audio here on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast and the Business of Sports. So this is one of my only appearances ever on the Business of Sports, Andrew. Pretty pretty cool. I always have to say at least once a year. We're going to do more than that, hopefully, coming up. And I, I know our listeners like that. Greetings, Ross, from South Florida. I know I'm angering a lot of people listening right now, even saying that. But if people have listened the last three years, they know that every uh, second week of January, I have been asked to do a class at University of Miami Law School on sports law, kind of a, a quick immersion class, four hours a day. So don't feel too sorry for me because I got four hours a day inside teaching. Uh, and I got about 30 law students, business students. I got a 55-year-old investment banker in there that just follows me and wanted to come to class. Um, so I'm in South Florida this week, escaping the cold, uh, but back when Villanova starts next week to the Northeast and facing whatever's up there weather-wise. Andrew, I got to tell you, man, you look awesome. You look <laughs> like you've already gotten some sun you're like glowing with the sunlight coming in from your yeah. window. You look like you've already worked out or you're going to go work yeah, out. Yeah. Like you look glorious, dude. I'm, I'm very jealous. Yeah. I mean, I try to uh, kind of do, you know, I love doing, I love giving back. I, again, not to get too sappy, but everything I do now is trying to give back. As I said, Ross, I'm not going to cure cancer. I'm not going to create a new uh, <laughs> virus vaccine. But I can give back the way I know how, knowledge, experience, insights, perspective, through teaching, through talking, through podcasting, through TV, radio, uh, and my writings. Awesome. Absolutely love it. And as usual, as you might expect, the second week of the offseason, there's a lot to get into. And I think we have to start with what happened in Philadelphia, Yeah, uh, primarily because it seems like you know pretty much everybody involved. You know, on Sunday, Andrew, the news came out that Doug Peterson might not be safe and he was going to have a second meeting with Jeffrey Lurie in Florida. Next thing you know, on Monday, Doug Peterson out as head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Your reaction? I had a big reaction, Ross, because I have some personal interest here. Knowing all the parties involved, Jeff Lurie, Howie Roseman, Doug Peterson and other people in the organization, having consulted there many years ago with Joe Banner, who's no longer there, uh, and then having a personal interest in Doug, which I'll explain in a couple minutes. Um, I have to say, 
even though I'm a huge fan of Doug Peterson, I'm not surprised. And this goes back to everything I've talked to you and everyone else in the world about the last month, which is Carson Wentz is not going anywhere. So with Carson Wentz not going anywhere, the ownership looks at, okay, I've got that investment, which dwarfs, I repeat, dwarfs the investment in coaching. Not only Doug Peterson, the whole staff is what, $20 million compared to hundreds of millions of dollars into, into Carson Wentz and draft picks and letting Nick Foles go and trading Sam Bradford. So listen, this is the decision, the business of sports. They're not going to trade Carson Wentz. So what's the option? Fix him, whether starter, backup, whatever. They've got to fix him. And I think that ownership determined because of whatever has happened personally, emotionally, and on the field between Coach Peterson and Carson, that he's not the right guy to fix him. So I think this move is made about fixing Carson Wentz. I don't even want to get into whether he starts, whether he backs up. I have said, stood on a table, he's not getting traded because of the financial consequences. So they got to fix him. And Peterson's not going to be high. You're right about the rumors. And I think what happened in the meetings was Doug was like, you know, I'm not a, a, a first year head coach, you know, trying to get a job. Now I've got gravitas. I've got skins in the game. And they're telling me, you got to do this. You got to do that. You got to fire this guy. You got to hire, not hire this guy. So I'm thinking Doug just like, yeah, I'm out. And it wasn't so much I'm out. It was a firing, but we kind of saw it in the weeds, didn't we, over the last week? I thought it was interesting, Andrew, listening to Jeffrey Lurie, the Eagles owner, talk on Monday. It, he, he really made it clear that he feels like he has a good understanding of where the franchise is right now. And that 2021, he might have used the term transition year. And that, it, you know, Doug Peterson as a coach, that's not your reaction, right, is to go through a transition year. I don't know if Doug Peterson would have even survived the transition year. So listening to Jeffrey Lurie talk, Andrew, I, I guess I would say it made more sense to me that the Eagles almost sounds like the Eagles feel like they need to go through a little bit of a rebuild. And Doug Peterson either doesn't want to or, you know, doesn't need to be a part of that. You know, the one place you don't want to be in, especially NFL, because of the cap, you don't want to be bad cap, bad team, veteran, right? You don't want to be any of those three things, but the combination is bad. So you can be bad team young, better than bad team old, and they're an older team. And you see a lot of guys flushed out. Obviously, the two receivers, I think everybody thinks they're moving, uh, which whether cut or trade, which is Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey. And that's a weight, a financial weight. People, uh, let me get back to this Carson Wentz thing. People are like, Andrew, they'll trade Wentz. doesn't matter. They'll take the cap hit. Listen, they didn't trade Alshon Jeffrey. They didn't cut Alshon Jeffrey because of exactly that. It was cheaper to keep him. And now they can. So they're going to get rid of some of these older players. And what is it? You know, I think it's kind of cliche to say, well, that's a real transition. They'll probably do better. You know, they do better than four wins with a young team. So I think it's all about setting expectations. And you're right. You know, Peterson doesn't want to start over. All coaches like their older players for certain reasons uh, and like to bring back security blankets. 
for lack of a better word. Talking with Andrew Brandt here on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast and Business of Sports simulcast this week. Uh, there's a lot to get into. You know, I never get into politics, Andrew. And- <laughs> Before we move the Eagles, a uh, quick story. Doug Peterson, I'm a fan. And the reason I'm a fan, and I laughed when people panned the hire a couple years ago and thought they should have hired Ben McAdoo, who I also know. Um, he's been a great, he was a great teammate. You know, at the Packers, just a quick story. He was the guy I called every offseason after I struck out signing veteran quarterbacks, right? This is before drafting Aaron Rodgers, sort of the 01, 02, 03 era. And I would try the usual names, pick them out. Uh, Kerry Collins, Jeff Garcia, Chris Chan. And I'd call the agents and I'd say, yeah, come on, back up Brett. And they're like, we're not backing up Brett. <laughs> you, know, you want us to move to Green Bay, Wisconsin, and 100% certain, a certainty, we're not going to play. We're not going to play. Like, who wants to go to Green Bay, Wisconsin? No, they're not going to play because Brett never missed a snap. He was the surest bet in the history of the, of the sport. So I would strike out every year, Ross, and then sometime in April or May, I'd call down to Northeast Louisiana. I'd say, can you come back? <laughs> and he'd go, Peterson was now trying to coach full-time in Shreveport. He'd go, and Andrew, I'm done. I said, Doug, I need you. He said, how many guys you called before you called me this year? I'm like, I don't know, five. <laughs> and then he talked to his wife, Kelly, and he'd say, all right. And then literally in three minutes, three minutes, Ross, we negotiated his contract. I'd give him no agent. I'd give him a million dollars, million five. I think I even gave him two million. And then a ton of incentives that he and I both knew he'd never earn, right? He'd never earn. So uh, it was the most pleasant, simple, and easy contract negotiation of my career with the player who knew that he was never going to play, <laughs> but we needed him. And the last thing is he was Brett's confidant. He was Brett's golf partner. They were both scratched golfers. More importantly, he was Brett's best friend. And I don't want to drag this out, but in that incredible moment when we're in Oakland, I get a call from Brett's father. And his voice is different than I ever heard. He says, where's Brett? I said, I don't know. He said, we've got to find him. Irv died. Irv's Brett's father. And of course, we couldn't Brett. We could never reach Brett. He's, I don't think he even had a phone. And what do we do? We call Doug. We call Doug. Doug's with Brett and the golf course. We now get Deanna Farber's wife on the phone. We have a three-way through Doug to Brett to tell him he lost his dad. Uh, and, and Doug came back with Brett. Doug was so key to that day. I get chills thinking about it. Uh, so just as Doug Peterson's now fired and maybe he'll be hired within the week, just some thoughts on Doug. I'm a big fan. Yeah, that's great stuff, Andrew. I appreciate you sharing both of those stories. Awesome. Uh, absolutely awesome. And I shared, uh, I think on Monday show, Ooh. no, I guess it was yesterday, a story about Doug Peterson and something he did for me personally when 
I lost my voice or didn't have much of a voice for the first preseason game, and he kind of knew I was struggling. So he went long with the uh, with the answers when I was interviewing him before the game, and he was taking care of me. He was helping me out. So um, I will always remember that and appreciate it. Um, I do want to ask you. I, I was I said this earlier. We never I, I never talk politics. I, I just don't care to. I don't follow it closely enough, et cetera. My question is about the Belichick Medal of Freedom thing. Is that is there a chance that was a business of sports thing, Andrew? In other words, like realizing it's not good for the business of Bill Belichick or the business of the New England Patriots if he goes and accepts that award. Yeah. It's funny you say you don't talk it. I, I got a TV request yesterday or two days ago. And I don't really turn down TV requests because I think it's good for my brand, etc. But I turned it down because but here I am talking to you about it. Well, um, I did, my question was, is there yeah. a chance there's a business of sports element? That's all I'm asking. I don't I don't you know. Yeah, I think it's good for the brand. Um, it's hard because you have to say, well, you know, he is friends and has been a supporter of the president all these years. And is that a hollow move? I don't know. Um, but if you're looking from the brand, you're right. What's the best decision this week, right? Last week, this week, clearly. But if I'm doing an interrogation into Bill Belichick, I'm going to, you know, not leave it at, hey, hey, you turned down that. What I'm going to ask, what about your lifelong board? Just leave it at that. So one of the other things I wanted to get into with you, how about this Jared Valdir, Andrew? The guy was on the Colts practice squad the last two weeks. They activate him on game day, and he starts. Started Saturday's playoff game that I called against the Buffalo Bills at left tackle for the Indianapolis Colts. Game's over. Now the Packers sign him (laughs) off of the Colts practice squad. I don't think he'll start, but maybe he will on Saturday against the Rams. I mean – you want to talk about a weird loophole. And this is a guy that's made a lot of dough and been around for a while. It's weird that guys like Veldier and Devontae Freeman, who the Bills signed to the practice squad yesterday, are even practice squad eligible yeah. with as much as they played as much. But but for a guy to potentially start back-to-back playoff games for two different teams, Andrew, like I don't know if I want to credit his agent. Maybe his agent told the Colts, keep him on the practice squad because he wants to have keep his options open. Yeah. I mean, maybe that was part of the deal. I, I just think you're right. This is the uh, COVID's football. And we sort of – we're now in January, so we kind of take these rules for granted now. But they're so different. They're so different. This up and down on practice squad, the point you made, we have 10-year, 12-year, 15-year vets on practice squad. We've never seen this in the history of sports, a history of football, but we may see it, you know. I'm already getting questions, as I'm sure you are, is what would you like to see continue from this COVID year? That is one. The easy transition between practice squads and the lack of restrictions on veteran experience in practice squads. That's great. And, of course, I love the IR that is short-term rather than long-term. So, anyway... These are things that should continue. Here's an amazing story. And you know, Ross, as well as I do, you know he's going to play for the Packers this week. It's just bound to happen and play a lot probably. Uh, Yeah. 
And of course, you know, me and my boys, we have a special interest in that team right now. Speaking of that game in this weekend, to celebrate this year's football playoffs, Andrew, DraftKings is giving all new players the chance to bet on any of this weekend's professional football games at 100 to 1 odds. Think about that. All you have to do is bet $1 on any football game this weekend, and if your team wins, you cash $100. The reason why we switched to DraftKings is because it's safe, it's secure, it's reliable, it's U.S.-based, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code Ross when you sign up to get 100 to 1 odds on any football game this weekend. That's code Ross for new players to get a shot at $100 on any football action this weekend. Limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey or PA only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem called 1-800-GAMBLING. All right. Speaking of guys playing, Andrew. I don't know. How much of the national championship game did you watch? I guess you're down there. Did you watch any of it Monday yeah, night? I, didn't. <laughs> I went to the semifinal in Dallas, but I didn't go. Well, now that I'm in Miami, I watched some of it. Yeah, I was I was uh, back and forth, watched a lot of it, actually. There was a wide receiver for Alabama, mm-hmm. Jalen Waddell, who was playing. He's supposed to be a top 10, top 20 pick who had like a major, major ankle issue. And I saw you tweet something about it at Andrew Brandt. Just kind of wanted to get your thoughts because you know he has some idea of who his agent will be. I, I I just found the whole dynamic interesting. I don't know what he was doing out there. The tweet you mentioned was, I get it, you're tough, and I get it, you're committed to your teammates, but why? Uh, especially when the, the lead blossomed to 20 points. I didn't understand it, but I know, you know, we all have different feelings about sports and team and commitment and those kind of things. As everyone knows, I slant on the business side. There was no business reason for him to be out there. There really wasn't. Um, whatever draft position he has, he was not going to improve it by playing hurt. Um, so I don't understand it. But, you know, again, put yourself in the shoes of a 20-year-old that is playing his last college game. You want to be out there. You know, to me, you sort of look at the coaches and doctors too, right? Who's making that call? If you're the team doctor, do you let him play when he's limping around out there? So I, I you know, I think you got to look at the adults in the room. Players want to play. Of course they want to play. And I don't know what his agent is. People are saying, well, his agent, when he hires him, is not going to be. I, I'm sure he's got an agent, not officially before the game, but I'm sure he has had discussions and no one would have advised him to play. So that, that's interesting. Um it reminds me 20 years ago, back in the day, Ross, when I represented Ricky Williams, he played in the Hula Bowl, not the Hula Bowl, it, not the the All-Star Game in Hawaii. Yeah. And uh, I, you shouldn't do this. <laughs> and he did. He really wanted to. Uh, so it had no, you know, it wasn't going to help him. So that that happened. Um, the Texans, I feel like, are a weekly conversation. Yeah. Andrew, um, they originally were not going to interview Eric Bieniemy, who evidently Deshaun Watson has a preference for. Now they they were the only team that hadn't put in for Eric Bieniemy interview. 
Now they put in for it, but they can't interview him for a couple of weeks because they're past the window where you could do that initial interview. <laughs> Let me just say this about the Texans, because this is the, you know, the media, I'm part of it, you're part of it, but I'm seeing all these photoshops last weekend of Deshaun Watson as a bear, as a jet, as, as a dolphin. I'm like, wait a minute. Let's just put the brakes on the story after the, beyond what you said. He's not going anywhere, okay? Deshaun Watson is not going anywhere. Now, yes, he's upset, and yes, they didn't interview, they didn't con- consult him. They didn't consult their own consulting uh, search firm. They're doing things kind of rogue, but oh my God, they're not trading him. And he can't trade himself. We talked about the Wentz hit of $34 million. This would be even more. And then, of course, why would you do that? Why would you debilitate your franchise? And I don't want, I know people out there saying, well, he's going to make himself a distraction and bad. He don't want to be there. It's January. Okay. You don't even report till May. So this will be fine. Deshaun Watson's not going anywhere, but you have to question what they're doing. And so now we know the Texans are not hiring a coach till after the Super Bowl. I assume things went, uh, make it all there. But that seems to be at odds with getting a good staff these days. And that's the natural friction with the hiring process. What did you think uh, about Andre Johnson, the only Texans player in the ring of honor, mm. coming out and telling Deshaun Watson, stand your ground, nothing positive's happened since this Easter B guy got there. I don't know if there's a similar example in Green Bay, but how problematic is that? Or is that just another one where it'll go away eventually? Yeah, I think you have to look at it. It'll go away. But obviously, that's a that's a player with gravitas. I mean, it'd be like if I'm in Green Bay and, you know, Reggie White said something like that or Brett Favre after he left. Yeah, that's a concern. But at the end of the day, right, you expect that from former players, right? You would be more surprised if Andre Johnson said, hey, Deshaun, stick it out. You'll be fine. Management's good, right? You would be much more surprised. So players take players' views. I get it. Uh, But there's a guy with gravitas. So the Texans, like these past two discussions we just had, they have some work to do. And I think we all go back to what the name you said, this Easterby, I don't know what's going on, but he's got to be more out front, right? He's got to be, he's got to face the music on what's going on. Why didn't he use the search firm? Why didn't he talk to Deshaun? What's going on with the search? Uh, you'd like to hear more from, we heard from the owner, but I think we need to hear from the, the decision maker there. Well, we need to hear from you, Andrew, every single week, uh, whether it's on the Ross Tucker football podcast or the business of sports or just following you on Twitter, at Andrew Brandt, so we can read your columns for Sports Illustrated, et cetera, et cetera. This was our first simulcast. It was cool. I don't, I don't think we'll do these moving forward, but desperate times call for desperate measures. Enjoy Miami, Andrew, and thank you for all your insight on all of these topics. Thanks, Ross. And again, started a newsletter a few weeks ago. People can sign another-brandt.com. Sign up for that. Talk to you next week. Absolutely. And why wouldn't you, by the way? It's a free newsletter every Sunday from Andrew. It's glorious. 
Very informative. Awesome. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks for us. If you love scratches from the Virginia Lottery, you'll love the high roller blackjack scratcher with a chance to win up to 10 times your prize. Look for it at your favorite Virginia Lottery retailer. In fact, you can drive there right now. Now that's an everyday win. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 4.16.